Okay, and it's been a while. Um, we are back with the base training podcast. Considering the popularity of the military tangent that we've gone on, we're going to do another one. Uh, this time, it's another case study and one of Coach Stefan's clients who I'm here with. If you haven't already followed us on social medias, check out Instagram. We are there at Base Training UK and Base Training Tactical. If you're interested more in the military stuff, head for the tactical page and you can check us out on the website, www.basetraining.com. And there's also, or .com, it's not .com, it's base.training, www.base.training. You know, I've done this in a while. And if you want and you're interested in the tactical side of things and you're a, a, someone aspiring to go on our just military courses, then uh, check out the uh, page, the Base Training Tactical page on the website and you'll find out a bit more information about how it works and what we do, who we, what courses we train people for. So without further ado, I'm going to hand you over to Stefan and he's going to give us a bit of, of a background on the client, we're going to leave out names and things, but yeah, we're going to give a bit of background, a goal, some interventions, some outcomes, and a bit of conclusion. So it should last about 30 minutes. So, Stefan, tell us about the client that you have. Sure thing. So, uh, my client uh, came to me at the age of 15, uh, aspiring to join the Royal Marine. So, 15 year old male, uh, potential Royal Marine. Um, he had no like no regular training under his belt to be honest he'd never really lifted weights consistently before never really ran before um, never even gone on like a long hike before to be honest um barring their duke of edinburgh course that they did at school so obviously knowing what what the royal marines are what they do um this didn't really go hand in hand so they came to me looking for help to try and get them in the best possible shape to then go on and pass their potential royal marines course um so we've worked with them now from july 2020 through till now and they go on their course next month so obviously that'll be the big test so nine months all in all and we've gone from pretty much zero to hero um we have done lots of running work uh first of all learning basic running mechanics as it's something that this person had never done before especially under load as well um a lot of the royal marines training for those of you who have been royal marines or in the military uh, you know that there is a lot of running involved under load wearing bergens and things like this so you'd never run with a backpack on so teaching them how to learn well teaching them to run effectively with backpacks was a big one um, and then also just road running in general the impact forces and the stride lengths things like that and then also teaching basic biomechanics with movements They'd ne- they didn't have much competency in terms of any movement didn't know knee from their elbow so teaching them basic movement patterns and then learning how to control those movements under load as well generating more force capacity and strength endurance as well um, and then obviously just the longer distance stuff. So like the long walks, getting them out and about in the fresh air, undulating terrain, um, getting used to wearing boots, just basic things like that, really. Uh, so it's been a long old slog, but they're, um, yeah, the test will be one month from today, I suppose. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, this, this podcast gonna should be out in the next couple of days for us. So what we on? 8th of April um, at the time of recording. So we'll be out probably the 10th fish. Um, it's interesting that you you highlighted the difference between running with a pack on 
and running unloaded. I think that's a component that a lot of people miss um, because the gait and the stride length and the stride pattern is very different. And if you're not prepared for that, it's just it's something that can be uh, can be detrimental at a later stage if loaded too quickly and too aggressively. Um, so that doesn't mean for a guy in this situation, 15, 16 years old, that he needs to be trying to hit his max effort, best ever pace with a, a Bergen on. It's just about getting him prepared, a little bit used to it, so that when he does start training, it's not so much of a shock. Um, he still needs room to grow at this point because we're, we're not trying to get him to pass the course as such. We're just trying to get him ready so that the Marines and the training staff at Limpston can then do their thing and take over and then progress him further. Um, yeah, so what in what were the interventions um, that you put in place after highlighting some of these deficits and strengths and weaknesses and so on? Yeah, so obviously, as always, we always start with an assessment. So fortunately, um, the assessments for the RMC are in the public domain. It's on Royal Marines' websites, on the on the Navy MOD website. So um, knowing what the assessment criteria is is obviously very helpful. So we have more specificity in training for that. Um, so we assess their 1.5-mile runtime uh, repeats. So you do two back-to-back 1.5-mile runs, and then you have – so you do the first one, and it's paced at 12 and a half minutes. So obviously that's pretty much a slow jog for most people. And then you have a minute rest, and then you kind of go max effort on a mile and a half. So their best time when I initially started working with them was 12 minutes 33 for a best effort. So that's not even meeting the casual pace of the first mile and a half. So obviously there's a significant amount of work to do there. It just, again, highlights the reason, like highlights the fact they haven't done any running prior. So that was a big one for me. Um, and also this this highlighted in the, um, the bleep test as well, 20-meter bleep test. Their change of direction um, wasn't particularly good and their lactic capacity wasn't particularly good as well because anyone who's done a bleep test know that that gets burny burny very quickly it sucks <laughs> um and we're looking for kind of like a level 12 on that so when we first assessed they literally got a level 4 4.3 i think it was uh which is very very low i mean that's not even coming out to a jog yet that's still pretty much a brisk walk pace trying to keep up to the beep so it's, it was very very poor so there's obviously a deficit in their change of direction and their aerobic and lactic capacity. So we needed really that highlighted massively what some of the things we need to work on. Um, didn't really test strength too much at the start because there's plenty to work on with the running. Um, but then some of the other examples of like the strength endurance and the muscular endurance, there's a push up leap test, there's pull up leap test and a sit up leap test that you need to complete on the PRMC as well. And the, sit-up test maxes out at 85 reps to beep and we were kind of scratching the surface with about 40 40 reps so just less than half the the press-ups that maxes out at 60 reps and we were kind of scraping with about 20 so about a third of the required reps to beep um and then the uh what am I missing? The pull-ups to <laughs> pull-ups to beat that maxes out at fifteen, and there were they got uh, seven, I think it was seven on their first attempt, which isn't bad. Uh, that's For a fifteen-year-old with, with a very limited, yeah, you know, very limited training age. Uh, but 
in the grand scheme of things, it's not particularly strong. We want to see double digits there. Um, so the, these were really the, the fundamentals for me. Um, you know, body weight, calisthenic type work, especially during the pandemic, it's kind of prime time to do that kind of training. So there was no incentive to go to the gym. It was just, right, let's use what you've got at home. Let's use the space you've got available. Let's get you outside running. Um, so we were just doing tempo runs to start with. So based off of their time for the mile and a half, their best, just use a percentage off of that time. And we got them to do one mile repeat. So reducing the distance so that it is a sustainable pace. And then over time, just reducing that time slightly, slightly by five seconds, 10 seconds over months and months and months. So rather than having that rapid progression, kind of hitting that plateau wall, they were able to make consistent progress up that ladder and they never really hit a plateau. I think only now is when we're starting to hit a bit of a plateau. And, you know, that's after nine months of training. And it's just before we go into a taper for their PRMC anyway. So I think it's actually worked out perfectly. Um, so we don't need to keep pushing times anymore. It's just about maintaining the time that they've reached. Um, and, and similar with the with the load as well. So once we've gotten competent at running, it was then just introducing the load and then teaching the, the different strategies of running and the different mechanics of the running with the load and almost just letting it sink in that the time will be different a lot of people try to match their flat running speed to a loaded running speed and it's just not possible unless you're you know matt fraser who runs a marathon is <laughs> in a in the 20 kilo vest the same time some people do it unloaded so he's a freak of nature but anyway i digress so yeah so that i think it was after about three four months i started to then introduce a load and we'll do these on different days so one would be a paced almost a speed march uh, so like a light jog with with the load and up to 15 kilos and then the um the running unloaded would be obviously a faster pace because it uh, it's in running shoes as well it's not in boots so you've got got to allow for that and then um similar similar strategy really um because the strength endurance test will be at tempo to a beat it was just about getting them to do explosive movements that would almost be in sync with a beat so i actually did some triphasic training so for those who don't know triphasic is you have three phases of every movement so you have your eccentric which is the force absorption phase you've got the isometric which is no change in length at the joint or the muscle and then you have your concentric phase which is the production of force that phase of the movement so i would break because he's he didn't really know what a lot of movements so i didn't know what squat was didn't know obviously knew what a push-up was pull up but didn't know what a hip hinge was for example or a plank never done a plank before which i was a bit surprised about um it's just teaching the basics of these movements because they're all fundamental to what they will be doing in basic training and then breaking those down so that he is doing just the eccentric portion so learning how to load his body safely and effectively um to tempo then isometric loading so holding positions for a prolonged period of time, getting used to that. And then the concentric portion, learning how to generate force effectively. And this seemed to work really well. Um, over three months, you know, they, they got really, really efficient at these movements. So then we start to put them together and get them to do it at tempo again, as if it would be done to a beep. So once we then had that, it was just about intensifying that, adding more volume, um, adding more reps, sets, et cetera, reducing rest times until we got to the point where we are now, where they're, they're hitting 
45 reps out of 50 on a on a push-up test they're, they're hitting 12 13 reps on the pull-up test they're holding a plank for five plus minutes uh, which which is fantastic uh, obviously unloaded but you know from never not even knowing what a plank is so holding for five minutes is pretty pretty awesome um and then obviously the sit-ups as well so he's, he's able to max out the sit-up test now which is fantastic uh, so yes you know it's it's taken time to set those foundations but obviously as with our company name base we've we focus on that bottom portion for longer on that base of the pyramid. So when it comes to intensifying it, we can inevitably build that pyramid higher than if we were to train at the top all the time. So yeah, it's just been real slow and steady, um, just very linear progression. You know, they're at that age where they're peak height velocity, they're, they're growing. Uh, we focus a lot on nutrition, uh, obviously 15 year old, uh, you might expect just eats a lot of garbage and never puts on weight. And this has been the case for a lot of the time, but now we've gotten to eat quality nutrients, learning what portion sizes are adequate for, for someone his age and his size and in line with his energy requirements as well for his activity levels, what he's been doing. And he, he originally weighed in at 85 kilos and I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying this. It was a plump 85 kilos, a little bit of excess there. So getting rid of all the refined sugar and things and eating some proper food that they dropped down to 80 kilos initially. And we looked at the body girths as well. And so their bicep measurements, thigh measurements, waist measurements, they all reduced in that five kilo drop, which is great. So there was obviously a lot of body fat stored. And then we've now got back up to a healthy 82 kilos to put back on two. And as evidenced by the girth measurements as well, it's lean tissue that they've rebuilt. So they've not only lost five kilos, of, of bad weight they've actually then start to gain two kilos almost two and a half kilos now of some lean mass so and it's sufficient mass as well because we've all this work we've been doing so it's been it's been really fun to work with actually having no training experience kind of being that mentor for them at such a young age as well and teaching them about the body and kind of what you're putting into your body and how that affects how you perform so it's been like an educational experience for both of us really i've learned how to work with a young a young uh, teenager um, in a military background and they've also learned how to train effectively and efficiently to get the best out of their body for to meet their demands which obviously is the definition of fitness the ability to meet the demands of your environment so yeah it's been a pleasure and i'm i'm rooting for him when it comes to the prmc next month you mentioned obviously that it's, you've learned a lot training a, a young client and mentoring a young client and coaching a young client um also make sure people understand the difference between that and just providing a program that someone follows out aimlessly and wanders through it day to day uh, if they actually get through it what have been some of the challenges that you faced um with working with someone that's fresh out of school a pandemic blah blah and going trying to train for a, a a large goal really at such a young age yeah, I think this is a reflection of society now, really. I think um, with young kids, millennials, you know, technology and video games are a huge part of their social circle. Um, not just pre, you know, it was pre-pandemic and probably made even more so by the pandemic because you can't actually go out and meet people. So playing video games has been a huge social thing for him. And being at such a young age, you don't want to take that away from them. You know, it's really important to socialise. So that's been 
initially anyway the first couple of months that was a big barrier uh, because you're trying to almost take them away from spending time with their friends which was difficult it was kind of met with quite a bit of resistance initially uh, however when you kind of put it across and you frame it in a certain way and that it's actually to their detriment if they're if they're not going to bed at a reasonable hour because we did start to notice some fluctuations in performance where where they're up later so typical bedtime when i started working with them was about 4 a.m and they weren't getting out of bed till about 1 p.m the following day so you're burning daylight you know you're missing out a lot of hours and military life is early mornings early evenings um you know even if you're out in the field you know you kind of go to bed when the sun comes down and you're up when the sun comes up so that's that's probably been one of the biggest challenges was that shift in mentality from oh i want to spend time with my friends to oh actually if i spend all this time gaming i'm actually impacting my own performance and reducing my chance chances of passing and you almost bring into question is this a lifestyle for you do you want to give this up because you know, being at such a young age not really an adult yet and it's a huge decision to make to be to go into the military and be away from your family for such a long time and then almost cut yourself off from friends as well so you know we did we did have that conversation i said is this what you want to do and they kind of reassured me that this was so i I said to them right i'm going to keep you accountable to to your words now so if you're not meeting this standard that you've just set for yourself then we'll just call it quits and to be fair to them they really made a u-turn they're you know we're still not 100 percent there but you know bedtimes are around about half 11 midnight now which is you know four hours difference night and day literally and they're getting up at half seven eight o'clock every morning consistently so that that was probably the biggest challenge um, having like i've never had to deal with that before so for me that was the biggest challenge i think for them it was a huge challenge as well because trying to sink that message in that you know like it's actually at your detriment was was quite hard for them to take they almost were ignorant to it and they didn't realize but then as soon as that shift happened and they were noticing that their performances were more consistent and that they were performing better and now at a higher standard they're like okay maybe he knows what he's talking about so (laughs) that was that was that's probably one of the biggest battles but then also the nutrition at that age um, still lives at home obviously uh, never had to cook a meal in their life and parents have worked throughout the pandemic so the only meal really the only good quality meal that they were consuming per day was the the evening meal where everyone sat around together mum dad brother and they all sat down and had a quality meal together so there's you know pretty much 10 hours a day there where he's just eating whatever he wants unregulated he doesn't know how to cook so that was a big challenge teaching them how to cook meals themselves and learn about portion sizes and things but actually it was quite fun as well because we had a lot of skype sessions where i was in my kitchen and i just showed him how to make scrambled eggs and he did it it was like a cook along we did that together and that was <laughs> that was actually really fun and he eats scrambled eggs most days now but it's still one of the only things he can cook but i'm okay with that because at that age you know it's it, it's fantastic that he's not just eating processed sugars anymore you know, not reaching for crisps anymore he's not reaching for chocolate bars all the time he's reaching for pieces of fruit reaching for vegetables you know i showed him how to matchstick vegetables um so that he can snack on carrots and celery sticks and things like this. He loves spicy dips that you'd have with like uh, Doritos or something like that. So I said, right, cool. Well, dip your vegetables in that. And then that's a, that's a good replacement. So he's reaching for those good foods now, 
and putting the right stuff into his body so that he can continue to progress and adapt versus just reaching for the sugars and not necessarily being able to process it enough and then storing it, which inevitably we've seen with the change and fluctuation in weight where he was just storing sugar because he's sat in front of a TV all day for 12, 15 hours a day uh, and then sleeping versus actually now being out active doing two sessions a day sometimes and actually using all that stuff that he's putting into his system. So it's, yeah, um, so that was another challenge, but that's actually been more of an enjoyable challenge than anything because, you know, teaching someone else to cook is, is quite fun because you almost have to take a back seat and learn some new recipes yourself that are easier to teach than something complicated. Um, so, yeah, so that those have probably been the biggest two challenges, really, is just the, the social aspect and the gaming versus um, the nutrition as well. But, you know, all in all, it's actually been a positive experience by the end of it, you know, nine months later. It's been, it's been great. It sounds like um, you you identified routine, especially with the pandemic, as, a, as an added challenge in there, as a um, aspect that needed to work on. Why did you think that was so important and what benefit do you think that will have for him or has had and will have for him in the future? Sorry, I lost you there. My, my laptop broke. That's right. You mentioned um, about routine. Yeah, so you mentioned about routine. Oh, I, I seem to have picked up on routine being a big aspect of um, focus or a big focus for you as the coach um, yeah. and applying routine to this young lad. Why... Did you identify that? So it's kind of a three-part question. Why did you identify that? Um, what benefit has it had over the past nine months? And <laughs> what benefits do you foresee it having in the future? Good question. Um, so really, it's the, the overarching theme for me was the specificity of the job. Um, so in the military, you know, everything is regimented, you know, you have your set meal times, you don't control that, especially when he's down at Limpson, you'll have your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner times, or you have your breakfast and dinner times and you'll have rations out in the field for lunch. Uh, so it's really, really important that we, we built in a consistent structure for, for eating in that sense, because if he, if we didn't change that, then it would be a real shock to the system for him to then try and almost relearn his meal times and it might you know i've had that before where you've kind of gone from doing night shift work to then moving to day shift that transition period is actually quite uncomfortable when you're trying you're eating when you're not hungry and then your body's not able to process it as efficiently because it's it's not ready to receive the nutrients and things like that so um that was that was a big one for me so i wanted them to have those consistent meal times that would almost be in line with what to expect when it comes to basic training at limston um, so it's specificity and same with the the sleep routine really and the sleep hygiene is you, you he will be taught his basic personal admin um so i didn't want to you know go into too much depth but the sleep hygiene was the biggest thing for me because it's something that i've struggled with in the past and i know that it's you need to optimize your sleep in the military because it is really ridiculously early mornings. And that, again, that would have been a huge shock to the system for from him going to bed at 4am to then having to be awake at like 4 or 5am. That would be, that'd be a huge shock to the system. And I thought that he probably, that would almost put him off. So I just wanted to really kind of hammer it and ingrain it into his system and get his body prepared and shift it so that his body is actually able to uh 
will be prepared for the tasks and the and the um, challenges of being of that military lifestyle. So yes, I think that was just I think that was probably the answer was just the the specificity and and the lifestyle of being in the military. Yes, Will, got a question. I do have a question. Obviously, something that we're we're quite big on, especially as we go through the consultation period, is that find out their why, their reason, why they want to go and achieve whatever they want to achieve, and their motivation as to what's going to keep them going. Obviously, with a 15, 16-year-old like, child, he's a child basically at that age, but how can you, firstly, how can you kind of get those real internal reasons out of them as to why they want to become a Royal Marine? And secondly, how can, at that age, can you be sure that they're, they're kind of truthful? Um, I think it's be quite easy at that age for someone to look at that role and think that's pretty cool. I want to do that, but it may not be really what they want. They may just see it as something cool they want to achieve. So, how how did you kind of approach that at the start and find the internal motivation and make make sure that it was uh, like kind of truthful and meaningful for them? Yeah, that's a really really good question. Actually. Uh, so again, this was like another challenge that I faced. Um, emotion is with kids they don't really know how to articulate emotions uh, not compared to an adult necessarily um so the first thing i did was uh, during the consultation process which obviously is such a huge part of what we do um i actually had their father their parent on the call with me um so if there was a question that they were unable to answer or articulate a good response to the father was there to to kind of reassure and also kind of explain what their interpretation of their child's feelings was that they'd communicated to them and their reason for wanting to join. Um, so, but obviously I don't want it to come from the parent. I still need to hear it from him. I still need to hear it from the, our client. So, uh, that, that was one of the first things I did. I wanted to have that inclusivity with the father so that it was completely transparent in what we do, but also in what they wanted. Um, and yeah, it's, when I got the responses, you'd, there's no reason not to believe them at the time. You know, if, if they're saying the right things and you're hearing the responses that we have seen over time, kind of the positive trends in responses, there's no reason to doubt it. And, you know, once, you know, they'd, they'd signed up, there was no reason to, to not believe it. But it's only really once you then start to kind of see their behaviour through working with them as a client that's when you kind of bring into question and you have to keep constantly asking is this really what you want to do because there have been a few instances where adherence to the program has been low uh, like they haven't filled in their their programming for instance on true coach and so that there have been some instances or they've gone and done something that i didn't tell them to do and you have to have that conversation again so it's almost just kind of revisiting frequently what is your why? Uh, you you said it was this, but what you're showing me is this. Um, they're clearly not aligned. So what's the issue? What's the problem? And it's, like I said, trying to get that emotion and that commitment out of a teenager who doesn't really know their own mind is difficult. So it's just constantly trying to get deeper and deeper each time you ask. And just like, well, why, why, why? Until you eventually get to that reason. And... You know, I've said to you guys off camp, off, off air a few times that there have been a few times where it's just like, well, I'm not sure I'm entirely convinced in what you're saying. 
and I'm not sure they were convinced in what they were saying either. But so we've questioned it and questioned it. But now, having seen the progression and the ups and downs over the last nine months and where we are now compared to where we started, it's only been positive in the long run. Uh, so, you know, you always have these peaks and troughs in adherence. It just happens. Sometimes people get down and things like that. And that's part of life. And they're a teenager. They might not necessarily know how to deal with those emotions as effectively or communicate as effectively. So it, it has been a challenge, yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think having the parent there as the reassurance in the front end um, is, is a positive thing. And then just constantly question periodically, you know, for me, it's kind of been every three months, so every 12 weeks during consultations, just right. And just kind of calling them out on the things that they say they're doing when they're not. And I, that has been met with a positive response, whereas it can quite easily go the other way. I'm, I can see that going in a negative way. But if that's the case, then obviously that lifestyle isn't for them, That you know, because the military, especially the Royal Marines, all about attention to detail, good communication, and if you haven't got those things, then you're probably pursuing the wrong career choice. But yeah, um, over time, we have seen that this has been positive and that they have actually grown and matured throughout the process as well. So that's been that's been a positive experience. I think it's, it's important to note what you've done in terms of the... It's so much of the work has been outside of the gym and not necessarily in the programme of doing bicep curls and squats like not 90% of the work seems to be you're, you're teaching him lessons on how to communicate, how to have attention to detail, how to um, manage himself. Laying, like laying the foundations goes far outside of building structural integrity in his joints, although that is a huge part of it, and we make you make sure that's catered for, but they're not going to be training physically all of the time. A lot of the time it's going to be spent in the classroom, doing lessons and having the ability to, like you said, be mature about it. And given his age, um, potentially when he starts his uh, basic training, he's going to be, what, 17? He, he could yeah. potentially be doing this with 21, 25, 30-year-olds that have lived their life or lived a life outside of the Marines. And uh, going into this with so much more life experience, your role as a coach far extends the program design portion. So I think it's really important to add into this conversation about where value actually lies within a coaching relationship. And nine times out of 10 for most people, it's not within the, the specifics of the exercise prescription. We're getting on for Sorry time. So why, why didn't you sum up for us, uh, Stefan? Like, give us a brief where he started, where he is now, and where he's, how far he's come. And, and, and if you could, a couple of uh, key points for anyone considering this is a lifestyle choice in terms of going for the Marines, what could they take out of this? What could they take away? Sure. Um, so, starting point, uh, 15 years old, no training experience, uh, no real experience of any physical activity outside of bit of five-a-side football um wanted to join military uh royal marines which is obviously the the toughest infantry course in the world requires a high amount of physical fitness but also mental fortitude so it has taken a significant amount of time to ingrain the 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 mental side of things and 
kind of the attention to detail and kind of grit and the pursuit of excellence almost in everything they do and not just half-heartedly attempting things, uh, but giving it your best every time and being consistent in that effort as well in those endeavours. Um, so it's taken a long time to ingrain that. Um, nutrition behaviours as well, uh, you know, started pretty much from scratch, teaching them basic cooking skills, which obviously they'll need, um, and just kind of, kind of going above and beyond what is expected from what we kind of give a typical client, where we're looking at portion sizes and consistent meal times. It's, it's that and then some, because the military lifestyle is so different to normal life. Um, and then obviously the physical training side, you know, starting from scratch and try, looking at the specificity of what they will be required to do on their potential Royal Marines course and essentially drawing that line from A, A to Z, like how do we get there? And although it has been, there have been some ups and downs, it's been a real pleasure to work with them and see them mature, um, see how not just that they have changed physically uh, and improve physically and and their skills, but also how their attitude has changed and and how they now kind of frame things and how they look at stuff. Um, That's been a real pleasure. And also the the nutrition and the sleep hygiene as well has been, it's been really nice to kind of see that progression from start to finish. So, um, so yeah, it's that I'd say, you know, that nine month window has been pretty optimal for this person. Um, being at such a young age and kind of being quite robust in that sense. But, you know, it's it's not going to be that case for everyone. So, you know, it is completely on an individual basis. Although this has been a successful nine months for us, uh, there c- it could take you longer. So if you are considering a, a lifestyle change or you're considering your future career in joining the Royal Marines or any armed forces, do make sure you do the research, understand what you're getting into and understand that, it may take longer than you think to get you prepared to join because it's not just the physical stuff you need to be aware of. It's everything out else outside of that. You know, training is probably only going to be one hour of your day. You've got 23 other hours where you need to be doing things in preparation for this, this career. So uh, just be aware, be understand what you're getting into. And obviously uh, just take into account that it's not the physical, but it is also the nutrition, the sleep, the lifestyle behaviours that you need to be aware of as well. Sweet. I like the sound of that. Anything to add, Will? No, I think that's pretty good analysis and summary. And I think if you are in the same situation, 15, 16 years old, like do the basics and you'll be okay. I think for, for a lot of people, like what you, you should have picked up on is that you don't need to train to finish the course you need to be able to train fit enough to start the course and not become injured along the way excellent appreciate you boys coming on again if anyone is interested in working with Stefan and uh, coach Will myself then get in touch www.base.training you can fill out a inquiry form and book your free consultation to find out whether or not we can actually help because we don't know yet so have a good day and we'll speak to you next time